Hello, and welcome to this very special bonus episode of Betch Slapped. I'm Sammy Fishbein, and I am joined by Enti Lawyer, who you may remember Uh from when we did an episode with him from a while ago. Hi, Sammy. Hi. The fans say hello as well. They're very excited and submitted a bunch of questions to me for me to ask you. So let's get right into it. This whole Kate and William scandal. Do you have the tea? You know, this is, it's really interesting. And and people think that this is some kind, first of all, I mean, William, you you know, you're bald and, you know, you you don't look so good. And Kate looks pretty good. So, you know, maybe you want to rethink this whole thing. But, uh, you know, this is not the first time that he's actually cheated on her. So I'm, you know, it's, I don't understand really the, why people are such up in arms, I guess maybe because it's the first time that it's been publicly talked about that, you know, that he cheated while they've been married, but while they were boyfriend and girlfriend, he cheated on her all the time. Right. I definitely remember reading that and that, I mean, I remember when people used to call her weighty Katie. So I'm sure this brings her back to those days in sort of a really sad and it's just a sad, a sad way. Um, but so in terms of this affair, right. I, I hear it's been going on for a long time and apparently she is somewhat of a, a friend of the, the Williams. Um, how close are they, yeah. are Kate and this woman, Rose Hanberry really? Well, you know, the, the Marchioness of uh, Chumley, Rose Hanbury, um, they, they're pretty close. Now here's the thing is that one of the people that William cheated on Kate with back in the day was Rose. So this is not somebody that just kind of came out of the blue. But what you have to realize is that all of these uh, people all know each other and they all hang out together because it's almost like you have to be a certain level before you can get into this group. And then it's kind of incestuous. I kind of think of it almost as, as like Hollywood where, wow, that person slept with that actor and then they slept with this person and then they slept with this person, but that person slept with that, that person. Then when they were dating, it just kind of everybody takes a turn with everybody else. Right. Um, so they are very close. Uh, they always hung out. This, this is uh, a rural rival is what they said, because they hang out out in the, the country. And this is somebody that, that William hooked up with. And, you know, so they are close. They ran around the same circles. And it was first reported, which is interesting, by I think somebody from The Sun. And the, the libel laws in England are... Well, there's a couple of things. The libel laws in England are a lot different than they are here. Plus, there is a protection for the royal family. So if the royal family says you need to remove that, the, they have to. It's kind of a law. And you will also see, um, if you ever read the Daily Mail and if you see any articles about Kate and William, there will be no ads on that. So if you click on the story, there are no ads on either side of, oh, wow. the, of the page. It's just them. So there's all these little tiny nuances and rules. So the, the royal family said, hey, we're going to stick our lawyers on you unless you remove this. So obviously they, they just want to remove. They don't want to have a fight with the royal family. Uh, so they removed it. And so it took a while for it to kind of trickle over to, to the U.S., I guess, where people kind of started reporting on it. And then it's, it just suddenly took off in the, in the last couple of days. But it's been out, so to speak, for, I guess, I don't know, a month or something like that, a little bit over a month. Um, and it was the son. And they, and they said that um, she wanted 
William to phase Rose out. So then they weren't going to be in the same social circles anymore. But it's interesting, and I don't know if William will do that. Maybe he will because of the pressure. But at the same time, I think he was told the same thing about a woman named Jekka. And Jekka is a woman that he dated, uh, that he cheated on Kate with, and that was the cause of the 2007 breakup. And Jekka is somebody that he's always hung out with. He went to Jekka's uh, wedding and left Kate behind when he went to Jekka's wedding. There was a trip that after, I guess, Kate and William had been married a couple of years, and he went on a trip with Jekka and a couple of other guys. Her husband did not go. And it was just William, a couple of guys, including Harry and Jekka. Uh, and Kate stayed home. She was the, Jekka was the only woman that came. So, um, you know, it's that, yeah. So that relationship to me is more, uh, that would be, and Kate never said, oh, you need to stop hanging out with Jekka. Conversely, you know, Kate has always kind of, um, I don't know. She's been very close to one of her exes, the ex that she dated, um, prior to William. And some say, also, when the 2007 breakup that she dated, this guy, his name was Rupert. His name is Rupert Finch, and he's a lawyer in London, and he's married to uh, a Marquesa or something like that. And they, Kate, has gone on public outings with Rupert um, and not with his wife. So Rupert has some charities that he's involved in, and funnily enough, you know, funny enough, Kate is uh, on the board of those charities, or at least will go support all the charities that Rupert is involved in. So, you know, she's got her own connections to the past, too. Now, she seems to be on better terms with Rupert's wife than Kate is with, say, Rose's husband or something, because Kate does wear, Rupert's wife is a designer, and Kate wears her on a fairly frequent basis. Would so... You- would you say that the the Kate and Rupert relationship, whatever it is, is that a sexual affair or is that more of like an emotional affair? I think it's emotional. I, I think it's not. I don't think it's sexual. I think it's emotional. And I think that 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 Kate still says, you know, maybe I should have gone with the whole Rupert thing and not had to subject myself to this because now she's in a position where, you know, she's being publicly she can't respond. Right. right. She's not allowed to respond. The palace has to do the responding for her. So it would be is, you know, if your significant other cheated on you, the entire world knew that they cheated on you or was talking about it. And you were not allowed to say anything about it. Right. Well, I imagine in her position, she's like she must be very resentful. Like she gave up. She gave up really any semblance of a private life for the rest of her life so that she could marry William. Right. She stayed with him for years and years while he cheated or or just wouldn't commit for a long time. He She gave him three children, and it seems like she's a pretty good mother. And then he just kind of turns around and does this, and it just seems like such a lack of regard because she's really pretty defenseless in the situation. She is, and and it's... It's it's kind of I, I I you know if we're trying to liken it to something in Hollywood or something like that, it would be if somebody has signed a non disclosure agreement. Um, and I'm thinking just off the top of my head, somebody like Jordan Woods, right? So she it gets accused of you know whatever with Tristan Thompson, which probably rightfully so. But no matter when Chloe piled on top of her, Jordan couldn't say anything because she was bound by this you know. The non-disclosure agreement. So she could not say anything. She could address what happened with 
with Tristan as much as she could, but she couldn't, you know, fight back at Chloe because she's not allowed to say anything negative about Chloe or any member of the Kardashian Jenner family. So she's not allowed. She's she's basically trying to fight with both of her hands tied behind her back, and it's the same kind of thing here. And Kate has had to put up with it. If you you know this Jekka person, um, Kate and William had moved in together. I think they moved in together back like. Uh, maybe in 2003, it was right before William turned 21. And instead of Kate getting to sit next to him at the 21st birthday party, it was Jekka. So, uh, you know, yeah. So it was just like, oh my goodness. Um, it's just, it's been going on and on. And that's, so maybe Kate said, oh, look, I can't do anything about Jekka. That's just going to be, and Jekka is married, but maybe she said, I, I can do something about Rose. And I don't want you to see um, Rose anymore. Why does she think um, she can do something about Rose, but not about Jekka? Because I think Jekka, it just goes, that relationship just goes way back. It, it goes back to the Kate years. Um, I, he met Jekka, I think, back in 2000 or something like that. He spent a, a year at the ranch owned by Jekka's parents. And the families have known each other for much longer. So there's just no way that she's going to be able to get Jekka out of his life. But okay. she can do Rose. She can get Rose out of the life. Because one of the things is that um, Jekka, she grew up in Kenya, but um, she and her family were, they went to London all the time. And her, I want to say, okay, Camilla's deceased brother was the best friend of Jekka's dad. Shut so, up. So, yeah. That's insane. So that's, and I had to get that relationship right. So, so. Mark Shand is Camilla's brother who died, and he was the best friend of Ian Craig, who's Jekka's father. Yes. So that's, that's, so that, so there's no way that Kate is ever going to be able to dislodge that relationship, right? Got it. So even if, if it's emotional, sexual, whatever, she can't do anything about it. However, she can do something about this Rose question. Okay. So can you tell us what is Rose's deal? Like, what's her, what's her, yeah, like, well, like, what's her deal? Is this a serious? Was is this really like an emotional relationship? Like, is William in love with her, or is this kind of just a like? Does he just have kind of like wandering eyes and he can't control himself? And this is just kind of like think, one of I the many, a, you know? Yeah, I think it's just one of the many. I mean, here's what here's what something that I would like to to speculate out loud about to you okay. is this. Who is, who is the person, and we both don't like her, but who's the person that nobody likes at the palace right now? Megan. Right. So, Megan's, one of Megan's best friend is a gossip person, is Lainey from, from, you know, Lainey Gossip. But Megan knows how to do this kind of thing. How can Megan get all the spotlight and all the negativity off of her and get the negativity onto a person that she thinks is responsible for all the rumors about her? So do you think that this is like kind of sparked by Megan trying to get like counter stories I, out. Well, I think it's Megan trying to get back at William because you know, it's, it's William and Kate who has supposedly been saying, Oh, there's all this drama with, with Megan and, you know, and Harry and William haven't been getting along because of Megan. Right. So it's, you know, so how can I get back? And, you know, uh, he's, you know, insulting my husband or whatever. So how can I get back? Well, I know the story about William cheating with, with Rose, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. 
Right. I mean, I've seen theories that uh, that really what the rift between William and Harry is about is actually about this affair. But I have a feel. My intuition tells me that it's kind of both. Even if you are just speculating that it's Megan's fault that this is now out there, I do think that 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 both can be true. That Megan can be a diva who Kate doesn't like and is kind of a bitch, and William could also be cheating on Kate at the same time, and both could be happening. Right. And. It, like I said, Rose has a history with William. They dated years ago. Um, Rose's grandmother, all these relationships, Rose's grandmother was a bridesmaid in Queen Elizabeth's wedding. Right. So, you know, th- she, she has been around. Um, and then she is, you know, it's part of this group of people that live near each other in the country. And then they, they, they just hang out. I don't think that she has any agenda um i think that she might end up getting divorced now because i mean her husband's gonna say look you know the everybody's looking at me and if i don't do something i don't know i mean maybe they'll be very british about it and just pretend it never happened or something like that mm-hmm. um I, you know i'm not sure the it's just it's it's interesting it, it's kind of nice to see well not nice but I mean, gossip-wise, it's fun to to have something to talk about this way, you know, like this. Right. Other than Same. Megan. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that there's maybe a whiff of a dynamic between Kate and this Rose woman, where so Kate is obviously a commoner. Rose, even though she's not royalty, she comes from nobility more naturally. Do you think that there is something of like attention around that, or is that like not related to this? I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, here's something else. You know, we know that that Rose dated William back in the day, but we don't know how serious it was or anything like that. It maybe Kate thought it was just, you know, oh, you know, they, they hooked up a long time ago and it's nothing. And he told her it was nothing. And then maybe she found out that it was, you know, not just this. Maybe it's been going on for years and nobody knew. Right. Right. Do you think that is there is there any word out there about whether or not this is like love or if it's just a, an, an affair? I mean, I haven't heard, you know, either way. I mean, the royal, royal gossip is tough. You know, it's really tough to come by. It has been so much easier because of Megan, because Megan talks to people who talk. Right. right. She can't help herself. And, you know, she has that Instagram thing and she is, you know, direct messaging all of her friends that she, you know, that she used to. And those people are talking. What's her Instagram that's now? That that Royal Sussex one. Oh, right? she, she's she the controls one who's in it. charge of it. She controls it. And she DMs and so from she, that? Yeah. That's stupid, so, no? To her friends. I know. Well, to her friends. And then, you know, her friends talk because this is just what they do. Oh, they said, oh, Megan's this. So it's been so much easier to get royal gossip. It, you know, the only time I would ever get royal gossip in the past would be, um, you know, when Britney Spears, you know, was, was hooking up with them or something like that, um, because then it would come from that camp, you know. But the the other side is very tight-lipped. Or if Harry would come to the U.S. and, and party or something like that, you'd get that. Or um, when he was in uh, Canada and he partied there, you'd get it from the wait staff there and, you know, going home with a waitress or something like that. But if that's one half, but that other half is always super hard to get. Right. Did um so I heard that Rose is actually the one who was like talking about this with people. Is it her or is it Megan? 
I don't know. I'm just, I speculated out loud about Megan. I okay. mean, here's the thing with Rose. Does Rose, what, what, would, what would be Rose's point to do it? Because William's not getting divorced, right? So would she be doing it because she feels like she was wronged by William? Is she doing it because Kate kicked her out of this group? Because here's the thing. When Kate kicks you out of the group, like at least as far as Kate and, you know, that kind of relationship, then this other group of whatever they call themselves, the, the turnip toffs or something like that. Yeah. Do all of, do all of them have to, you know, Kick disassociate her with her all? Yeah, exactly. So has she seen her entire social circle go to zero? Right. That's and a good it, question. Because of what Kate said. And so then, hey, I'm going to get back and I'm going to say, why are you doing this to me? It's William, you know, also. How come, you know, nothing's happening to him? Right. As, so you said they're not going to get divorced. I also don't get the sense that they're going to get a divorce. Do you, but do you think that the marriage is like emotionally done or and they're just staying together because they have to or that they actually are like in love still and this, you know, it's just an affair as they happen? I don't think I mean, I don't get the, the sense that they've been in love for a long time. Um I think, you know, when I talk about this, this trip that happened in 2013 uh, with, with Jekka, uh, that to me shows that it's kind of like a convenience thing. You know, it was time for William to get married, right? And unless he was just going to start all over with somebody, then, because Jekka didn't want to. Jekka wanted no parts of being where Kate is now, or else she would have been there. Um, and that was her thing. She just, that was not her so I think ever since that trip that it hasn't really been a, I don't know, I, I don't see the in love part. Now, what I saw, because even this, when Harry was living with them, when it was just Harry, William, and Kate, and they're all over in Kensington Palace, it seemed to me that Kate and Harry hung out all the time and that you never saw the Kate and William hanging out. Right. And it was always Kate laughing with Harry. And it was, you know, Kate hanging on to Harry's arm. Or when they would go to an event, it was always Harry and Kate. And William sometimes wouldn't go. And I sensed that there was more joy and happiness when, when Kate was with Harry than I ever get with Will. I, I always feel like it's duty. And just like I have to go to an opening of something, this is what I'm going to do. And now there's this, you know, this affair that's become, you know, public. And now we have to go on a trip and then we're going to ostensibly celebrate our eighth anniversary, whatever it is, you know? Right. So what is Kate really, what, what do people say Kate is really like? Oh, see, now here's the thing. I, I liken Kate, if you're looking for a Hollywood equivalent, I liken her to a Katie Holmes, um, where she was in this kind of loveless, contracted, can't get out of marriage with Tom Cruise, right? But... Katie Holmes prior to the marriage was like the most amazing person, always smiling, always laughing, always the, the life of the party. Since she's left Tom, she's still kind of, you have to get her in the right situation. You have to get her kind of drinking a little bit. And then she goes back to being pre Tom Katie. It's like, he's totally, he totally affected who she was and her personality and that, that joy. And I think it's the same with Kate. If you look at Kate prior to getting married, she was the life of the party. I mean, she would go to, she went to a party where it was all about um, rabid dildos, rabid vibrators or whatever. And it was a celebration of rabid vibrators. And she, I mean, she could never do that now. And she was there like the first person there. And she was always, you know, having fun. And the clothes that she wear were demonstrably different than the clothes she wears now. Yeah. I, I mean, 
she she would wear like the shortest skirt. She would wear crop tops. She would, you know, a lot of skin, um, just having fun. I mean, she was 25 years old. Uh, I think when they, when they split in 2007 and she just was like going for it. Pippa moved in and they were going out every night and she was just the life of the party. And I think that Harry allowed her to continue to be the life of the party in a certain sense where they could play around and mess around and have fun because they all lived in in the palace together. And then when Harry got Megan, all that kind of went away. Got and it. all that fun, well, the little it, bit of fun that she had left. It, well, is it possible that she sort of like changed her style of dressing and, and what, and her like partying behavior because she was like a getting older and be now getting married and and she i mean i think of all the royals i think she is the only one who i'm like you do it right all the time like she she doesn't like have many missteps the same way that like there's always something with the other ones like there's always like they did this wrong or something she's very like on the on her game in a lot of ways and that's why that's enough that's one of the reasons i can never really see them getting divorced because i really feel that she sees this as like her duty she it's her duty to raise the the heirs to the throne and she wants to continue doing it so i don't know i do you think that there's any chance that it's just like that because she's basically been dating this guy since she was like pretty much her whole adult life i don't it doesn't really seem like she's had much of a time where she's been able to just be privately not identified with him in some ways like maybe that really did like change who she grew up to be yeah i mean i think that there is um uh, you know if you go back and you look at pictures of her in university before they got together um i mean just and then look at her later i i mean i get what you're saying and I think you're right, 100%, that they'll never get divorced because she considers it her duty. She, When she made that commitment, she said, I'm going to do this. I know I have to do this. And no matter what, you know, I'm not going to be allowed to, I'm not going to get divorced. I'm going to raise the kids, you know, to be, you know, the future king or whatever. And, but here's the thing. I want you to think about in your mind, Diana, who also rarely, I mean, she made some missteps, but things were a little lot different back then. And there was still so much more protocol but think about how happy she was after she got out of that, right. right? She she was just this. She did her duty. She did what she was supposed to do, and all this kind of stuff. And then think about like the revenge dress, that black strapless dress when she got out of the the, the marriage, and just she was always smiling. She was always laughing. You never didn't see her laughing, right? Right. And I think that Kate. I think she's a very generally, I think that Harry being with Megan has really negatively impacted <clears throat> Kate's, I don't know, happiness because of the fact that she had a partner in crime with Harry, no matter what. And, you know, did the duty thing with William and now it's just duty. And I don't know if she sees the fun. That's very interesting. I wonder if she'll have more children. I don't know. Let me ask you this. Do you think, um, do you think that she had a surrogate for any of them? Um, I d- not that I'm a no. I don't have any reason to think that. Are you telling me okay. that she did? No, I'm not saying that yeah. at all. I just, I mean, that's always like, you know, it's the whole, you know, when Beyonce, you know, had the. the I do believe just, Beyonce had a surrogate. Oh, for sure, on the yeah. first one, the yeah. um, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think that there was just a lot of that speculation because you know you never really saw Kate other than. Okay, you never saw her more. She always had one size bump. 
right? Right. There was never, she never got huge because she would disappear. And she disappeared also for the first three or four months because of whatever. Doesn't um, she have like hyper, 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 I don't know how to say, how to say it, hyperemesis or something? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what we were told, right? Do we know? Um, But I'm just saying she disappears for the first three or four months because she gets morning sickness. And then she disappears for the last two or three months to get ready for the the baby. And there's only like this little two month gap that we, you know, we ever saw her. Unlike with Megan, you know, you saw her pretty much from the beginning up until what, a couple of weeks ago. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that it's, it's definitely like, potential she does i don't know she doesn't strike me i mean she does seem to like gain weight like pre and like post baby like she does seem not as small as she usually is and then she loses the weight and then she like loses the baby weight and you kind of see that happening so i don't necessarily i don't really think that she's a surrogate but it's so i don't know i always thought sort of saw them as a loving couple because they had been together so long even though they obviously have some, you know, people are together a really long time, the dynamics change. And I feel, and I always felt that I just wrote off their like lack of like obvious affection as part of like being British, being Royal. And the fact that like, they're just very like, they've been together a long time. They're very comfortable with each other. But I remember after they got married, they were a bit more affectionate in public than they are now. For sure. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, so remember, so they got married at, what in 2011, right? Yeah. So 2011, they get married, and I think that they had a great time. And then for two years, they are affectionate. And then look what happens in 2013 when he goes on that trip with Jekka. And then look at Kate pre 2013, and then post 2013 in just in her dealings with William. And I, I, I think that they are noticeably less affectionate with each other. I will look into that. Okay, yes. so I feel like this has been very enlightening. Um, we have a few more minutes, so I just want to okay. hear like a quick five minutes, your take on the Britney Spears situation overall. I'm not going to ask you any questions yet. I mean, I might when I come up with them, but like, <laughs> but I just want to hear your take on it. Okay, so I did uh, a podcast episode last week. I listened um, to that, but I feel like a lot has happened since. There has been a lot, okay? And here's here's my take. So I did a podcast. Just The episode was just about why I don't think that Britney is being held against her will, okay? And because of the, the following things. Number one, when you become a conservative like she is, you get an attorney appointed by the court, nobody else. The court says, I want this person to represent Britney's interests. Okay, and that's all they do is represent Britney's interests. They get paid by the government. They don't get paid by anybody else. Okay, so you have that. Then you have her boyfriend. You have her sister. You have her mom, um, who could all say, "Okay, she, you know, we don't like what's going on. We would like her to, you know, we would like to become the conservators because we think that she's being, you know, held against her will or whatever." And Sam Leslie tried that many years ago. Um, you know, you know, luckily he failed. Uh, but so there is that possibility that was available. Now, what I think has happened since, and this is really disturbing to me, is that because of this pressure that was put on um, by this movement of Free Britney, she's getting released, you know, way earlier than she should have been. You know, I there was a waitress who waited on them that, that sent me a tip from this last weekend, and Britney was a zombie. And that's kind of normal because they're trying to figure out what meds and what combination and what amounts work 
for her because the ones that she was using weren't working for her anymore. So they found new medicines, but it takes a while. But the problem is, is that with this whole free Britney thing, the family's feeling this pressure to get her out of there sooner than they should. But do you think that like that? Okay, I I hear all that. And I I definitely think that she like should potentially like it doesn't seem like she should be without medication. But but regarding the fact that her father is the conservator and the fact that like financially it's in their interest for her to continue performing and making money and that she's, and now they're making the argument like a conservatorship is for someone who can't provide food and shelter and, and and anything for themselves. But that because she clearly is, she's performing to, to crowds, she's going on tour. She was a, she was a judge on the voice that that is not the same as someone who can't provide for themselves. And that if, if they really had her best interests in mind, perhaps she would not be performing. But if, but because they're financially incentivized for her to keep performing, they're not necessarily doing the thing that's in her best interest. Like, why should she be doing meet and greets with people that she clearly hates? And yeah, yeah, I'm, I have said from day one of like I did a six part Britney episodes. You know, I think that Britney would be happiest back in Louisiana, living her life. Okay. I think that, I think that if, if that's where she should go, I think that she should. Okay. But the thing is, is that people don't realize that yes, her dad makes money off her. Her dad has been making money off of those since prior to the conservatorship. And the thing is every single dollar that she makes is available for, for you or for me to go look in the public court records. Every dollar that her dad gets paid is shown in public records. He doesn't get paid, you know, a substantial sum of money. Um, you know, he, there's all of the money that she's making is generally going into her coffers. I mean, it's there for her. And remember before he took over, she was down to zero. Right. Okay. She had no money. Okay. And I think that we all agree that she would probably be dead. Okay. If he hadn't stepped in. Yeah. If he hadn't stepped in now, is he controlling? Yeah. Do I like the guy? Not really, but at least he, you know, he fought against Sam Luffy, which was something that needed to be done. I think that Brittany would be happiest at home. I don't, I mean, the last time I talked to Brittany was um, right before the conservatorship, I guess. So I, I, I'm, I'm not able to talk to her like I used to. I used to talk to her two or three times a day, you know? Right. So I'm, I'm only going by what, you know, what I've known of her and then the people around her. Um, and I think that, I think that she would, what I know about her and what she's always, I think that she'd be happiest in Louisiana just living her life. Okay. I don't know. She did. She does love to perform though. And I don't know if she's performing because she wants to, or because she's being pressured into it or because she doesn't want to disappoint people. You know, she employs a lot of people, right? You know, hundreds. So if she, So it's hundreds of people that are depending on her, and I think that she feels that pressure. So if she quits, she knows that she is going to cost 200 people their jobs. Right, but like for her own mental health, I feel like that would be worth it. Yeah. I I get that. But she, you and I looking on the outside, like I said, I think she'd be happiest in Louisiana. But I think that she thinks to herself that she's going to be letting down people if she does that. And I don't think that she thinks about it in a mental you know, health kind of you know, way that she should. So, 
you know, I think that she should just go away, go to Louisiana, stay gone for a few years, get right. And if she wants to come back, she can go do Vegas for like a couple of months or something like that. Um, and I think that people would be really excited to see her. It's, I don't know. Have you gone to see her in Vegas? I have not, but I'm a big Britney fan and it's really, it's really sad. Um, because at the same time as, at the same time as like, you don't want to think that someone's being like held or forced into anything or controlled, like in terms of the people she can speak to or, or what she can buy or anything. It's still like, it's still sad because knowing that she may not be able to actually handle herself. So it's more complex than just she's being held against her will and she needs to be freed. Like it's a bit more, there are more factors than that. Well, and, and, and Jamie is controlling. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, no phones. Um, She always has to have bodyguards out. And let's not forget that, you know, her last several boyfriends have been paid to be her boyfriend. Oh, okay. um So, Wait, is the current boyfriend, is he being paid or is he just being like provided with like connections and and sponsorships? No, he's he's getting paid. And the last boyfriend got paid because, I mean, the last boyfriend, the one that worked at the law firm or whatever, um, as an intern, then, you know, Brittany wants somebody with her all the time. So he has to quit his job. And so they paid him. And even like Trawick or whatever, um, I mean, he was a, a manager kind of way. So he got paid from that. Uh, and then, you know, he was appointed the co-conservator. I think that a lot of people also, uh, when you go back to the original, did you listen to the, the podcast that not mine, the, the Instagram one? Yeah. The, I listened to the episode with when the paralegal called in. Right. Okay. Yeah. So my, my thing is, so the, the, the conservator that quit and, you know, I talked about this on, it was the language that he used where he said it would be the, to the detriment of the conservative, which is Brittany, if he um, remained. It would damage her estate, okay? And so conservatorships are of the person and the estate. Sometimes people can take care of themselves, but they can't take care of their money and vice versa. So there, there's a you can have one, you can have both, okay? And he said that it would be damaging to the estate if he stayed. And this is a guy who just got a raise six weeks earlier or two months earlier that had to be approved by the court. And he walked away. And I think it has something to do with this quote-unquote paralegal. And I'm not sure that that was actually the paralegal or if it was somebody saying that they were the paralegal from the office. But there's something going on with that office where I feel that there's some information that is coming out or been leaked or discovered that's going to involve a lawsuit. And if he remained on, that it was going to affect Brittany's estate, that potentially money would come from her estate if he remained. Right. I, okay. That makes sense. So, so the free, so it's, it's, it's a gray situation, I think. I, I, it's gray, but I I get totally what you're saying. I think that if you said, Brittany, what do you want to do? No bad. Don't, don't listen to your dad. Don't think that you have any kind of obligations to anybody else. What do you want to do? She would say, I want to go back to Louisiana or I just don't want to perform. But would she say the conservatorship she would? I I feel like she would say she wants the conservatorship to end. And they've they've uncovered all these like legal proceedings, these motions that they don't have total transparency on. But it seems like they want that she wants out of the conservatorship in general. I think that there's times for sure, because there's there's times she has definitely wanted out of it. And the thing is, is that, uh, again, You've got every year, okay, it has to be renewed. 
Okay, so every year you go in front of a judge, and every year there's somebody there, an attorney that's appointed for Brittany, who does an investigation, and that attorney files a report, and the report that they file is what the court goes by. So it really has nothing to do with what Jamie and, and his attorneys say. It has to go by what Brittany is. So every year, the, this attorney, or not every year, but I mean every year there's a report that he he writes and he interviews Brittany and says, do you want to be in it? Do you think that you should be in it? Whatever. And then that attorney gives a report to the court. Um, and that attorney is not, you know, it's totally independent. So, right. I, you know, I just, I, I get what Brittany, of course, she's, she doesn't want to be under her dad's thumb and she wants to be able to make a phone call and she doesn't want these bodyguards to go everywhere. She wants to be able to purchase something without, you know, everybody knowing, you know, in her family, what she gets, because remember every purchase that she has becomes public record. So if she goes and buys a, a $300 shirt or whatever, it's going to show up on the accounting for the conservatorship. So everybody in the country can, or the world can go, you know, look at these records and see exactly what she's bought. Right. That... And how much she's spending on clothes and everything like that. And it's, that's very intrusive. Right. And not just intrusive for the public, but intrusive just in the sense that her dad controls what she I get that. And I'm sure there's a lot of times where she's like, I don't want to be here. Just like Amanda Bynes didn't want to be, you know, under control of her mom anymore. And it started to break free and started to do things and gave the interviews and stuff and then just totally collapsed again. Right. And, you know, that's so what that's why I, it's so sad. Because they want to be yeah. out, but they yeah. What were you saying? I'm sorry. No, I, I mean, no, I, they do. They want to be out. They think that they're going to be okay. And I, I would give Brittany a chance. Let her go do what she wants to do. And maybe they have. We don't know everything. We don't know if they said, okay, Brittany, look, we're going to let you just make your own decisions for a month and we'll see how you do. Okay. And maybe in that month she decided I'm not going to take my medicine because I'm feeling better um, or, you know, whatever. We don't know what happened. We don't know if they've given her like two or three weeks or you just do whatever you want. And we're not going to, you know, we'll see. We don't know that. Got you know, it. if she's, if she's been given that opportunity, I would hope that she's been given that opportunity I, because it has been a long time now with this conservatorship. Um, yeah. And, just and she seems, yeah, give, keep going. Sorry. No, to, to give her the chance to, to try. Right. It's a very, right. And she seems like she doesn't seem like necessarily all there. Like when you look at her her posts, like it's a little bit, I don't know. When you like really watch them, it's like a little. It's it's sad because she really doesn't seem completely like with it, and there's it kind of is like, what's the right thing for her? And I think it's just really hard on the outside for us to really know. And, and one of the other things that we need to that I've always thought about is you know when when I did used to talk to her a lot is that you know, she was doing a lot of drugs. And I sometimes wonder if she had got some bad drugs, you know, at some point. Because mm -hmm. when I used to talk to her, I mean, she was a, she was not, she was not ditzy, like in a Jessica Simpson, oh, you know, it's chicken of the sea, it's not chicken kind of thing. Right. And she was, she was very smart. She knew what she was doing. You know, she'd been in the public eye since she was a kid. She, she knew how to, to manipulate the press. She knew what to do. Um, she she was extremely smart and then all of a sudden you know the the behaviors and everything it didn't fit in to what i knew about her um and then you know i'm just wondering maybe maybe she had a bad 
reaction to some drugs or something and it affected her mentally. I don't know. I've definitely because heard of that happening. Because it seemed to me from, you know, like I said, from all my interactions with her and talking to her all the time, I just, it, it came, the the behavior kind of came out of nowhere. Right. And I, and I, I don't know if she was on medications before. I don't know. We never had talked about that. So, you know, she, you know, did a lot of drugs. She partied a lot. Um, but she she never had the kind of behaviors that she, you know, exhibits now. Um, right. Where she seems out of it all the time. And I don't know if she's out of it because of the medications that she's on or she's out of it because there's something wrong with her. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I, I what what I see in her is I don't know if it's medications or or anything like that. But what I see in her is someone who sort of got stuck at a very young age, like age 10 or 12, even because she, um, I don't know, maybe because she got so famous and she wasn't able to like really develop into an adult with, without being in the public eye. And that can really, you know, not being able to have genuine interactions with pretty much anybody other than maybe like her sister, I feel like yeah. that definitely changes like the way that you are. And when you watch her in the videos, you see her with her kids and the way she acts kind of, and you see her with the boyfriend and I don't know. It all seems like this very like playing house kind of vibe. And yeah. it's just a little odd. Yeah, outside you know, of all that. I think, I think what you said is, is, is like completely hundred percent correct. And I think also from a young age, I think she realized that, you know, she was earning a lot of money for the for the family and had that kind of burden on her that that Jamie the sister and I wish to God they hadn't named Jamie Jamie I know it makes it so difficult to talk about it so Jamie, Jamie the sister yeah. you know so Jamie Lynn thank you which also is weird because Lynn okay we got the, mom, the mom right yeah. um, so but Jamie Lynn you know she never had that that burden but the thing is is that all this focus was on Britney, which is why Jamie Lynn was allowed to be on the Nickelodeon sets alone and where, how she ended up pregnant is because nobody was watching her because they're all concerned about Britney, right? And right. Britney's our meal ticket and Britney's this. And it's the same kind of thing you see with, with Lindsay Lohan where you have these people that just kind of give up their jobs and then they totally rely on their teen to, to make them money. And then they let the teen get away with whatever they want because of the fact that they don't want to say anything to the teen where the teen gets angry at them and cuts them off. Right. You know? Yeah. Just, I mean, and like you said, there's no normal interaction because she's a star, right? And as the Mickey Mouse club, and then she kind of goes away for a few years, but then she's a star again and she's been a star her whole life. And, and they're like, okay, this is what we need you to do. We need you to, you know, you and Justin are going to be, you know, our couple. And, you know, it was just this manufactured thing. She grew up in a time where everything was manufactured. The boy bands were all manufactured. We have to have the good-looking boy. We have to have the, the tough-looking boy. We have to have the good dancing, you know. And so everything is manufactured. And this is who you're going to go out with. And you guys are going to do this. And we're going to pretend that you're virgins. And, you know, all this kind of thing. Right. Was, you know. Yeah, it's just, I mean, there's no degree of normalcy. And, again, you bringing up Amanda Bynes, Lindsay Lohan, like, it's really, I think, hard and especially hard in this situation because you have the conservatorship and potential actual like mental illness. Like you look at this and you see, um, and it's, it's kind of hard to tell what factors account for what. And then 
you know, should she be freed? Is she even being held against her will? Or is this like a necessary thing? Or even if it is a necessary thing, maybe it still is against her will. And it's just, it's a very, very murky situation. It is. And the conservatorships are, especially the person, there's a box. Anybody can go look at the form. It's, you can look at the forms. And the person decides, okay, this person's going to have the right to vote, yes or no. This per- I get to decide if this person, who this person has sexual relations with, yes or no. <clears throat> and those boxes are all checked. So, you know, you have your dad deciding who you can have sex with. Right. That's not healthy. And these boyfriends, no. the boyfriend to me, I didn't realize he was paid, but to me, the the way the boyfriend acts like he to me seems like a babysitter more than a boyfriend. Like he's an, like he's escorting her like a chaperone exactly. basically. Yeah. And didn't Jason Trawick seem like a babysitter too? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But then again, that could also be because of like how her mental state is sort of like arrested at a young age. So like any male relationship she has might come off that way. Yeah. And, you know, and think about also before she got into the conservatorship, you know, she was with Adnan or whatever his name is. I mean, and he was kind of like a babysitter, too. You know, th- these people shepherding, shepherding her through places, you know. And, yeah. And maybe she's looking to them like she looks to her dad for protection and, you know, keeping me safe kind of thing. I don't know. You right. know, but what kills me is we we don't know if they've given her an opportunity and <clears throat> And maybe they should talk about that. Maybe they should be more open about that. Maybe they should say, you know, we tried, you know, we let her do whatever she wanted for three months and this happened. But at the same time, you don't want to give away her medical information and stuff like that. So because it's, it's very private what they've done. But I think in this case, when you have this, this uproar, that maybe it would be time for a little transparency and maybe they could ask Brittany, hey, do you want us to talk about it? Right. Okay. One more question. And then I have to run to another interview. But... People, I a lot of people have been saying to me just kind of casually, like not any legitimate sources or anything, but that her team is very embedded with the gossip blogs and the media and that and that they basically are able to get out whatever message they want, regardless of Britney's side. Is that would you say that that's that's accurate? Who say the first part again? Just that um, many of like the gossip sites and, you know, the big names are very like they're basically like in bed with her team and they'll. Kind oh, of... I would. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because it's TMZ, you know, they they, you know, said some stuff and then they retracted it because they were under pressure. Because, again, think about TMZ. You know, I've talked about it before. They're owned by Time Warner, which also owns People and Time Magazine and all that kind of stuff. Plus, Time Warner owns a recording, you know, a record label, and they own a movie studio and things like that. So, of course, they're going to be in bed with the actual people that are in charge that are making decisions because these are the same people that are going to make a decision whether or not, you know, Britney signs with some, you know, does something with Warner or Time or whatever. Um, and, you know, they want to have that access. So, of course, I, I could totally see that. And I think that you see that with a lot. You'll see um, people like um, publicists or whatever speak for an actor or an actress, and that might not be what the actor or actress actually thinks, but this is the message we want out. This is what we want. This is how you're going to spin it. And then often if you interview the actor or actress, they'll go, no, that's not how I feel. But, you know, it's that kind of thing. Everybody, um, yeah, I could totally see them being in bed with, with Britney's people. Totally. A hundred percent. They will to- always... They will always spin. They will always spin that side because they can't get in touch with Britney. Right. Right. 
they can't ask her because they can't reach her. So they and and here back when Brittany was free, you know, there was all these people around her and they could ask, who are you going to ask? There is nobody to ask. It right. is this locked down kind of an environment. The only time we've ever seen anything asked is when the boyfriend was out a couple of days ago and somebody asked him that that's, you never see that. And he's not allowed to say anything one way or the other anyway. Right. So you don't have any independent voices. So, you know, it's, it's, it is completely one-sided and completely controlled by them. And, you know, divvied out through the conglomerates got it yeah i mean it's, it's just i think that's just a, a good thing to keep in mind that when we read things to take them all with a grain of salt no matter where we hear them even you know you could you could say this some, one website that's saying free britney is not legit but you know the same way that these established sites have their own interests um that they need yeah, to really 100%. go with okay 100%. so this has been an so interesting. Thank you so much, Enti. I wish I could call you by your real name. Um, I know. But I know. Everyone follow Enti Lawyer at E-N-T-Y Lawyer on Instagram. Subscribe to his podcast on Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash Enti Lawyer. He has an amazing six-part Britney Spears episode. You also have Meghan Markle episodes. Have you ever done a Kate yes. episode? No, but there are 225 episodes. I'm catching up to Betches. Great, great. Thank you so much. This has been a really good time. And everyone, email slapped at Betches.com if you have more questions for Enti and if you would like us to have him back, which I think we will next time we have a good scandal to talk about. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Have a great weekend, okay? Betches.